welcome to an incredibly special festive episode of the O3C podcast coming to you from the jolly old O3C games in the North Pole. Why not? We are <laughs> Jonathan Dunn. That's me. And I'm joined by my oldest friend, Chris Dow. Merry bloody Christmas. And we are chatting about Chrismidia games. <laughs> <laughs> Announcement! Announcement! It is technically our last plug of the year. I laboured for a good half an hour trying to write an announcement that would fit the format of the 12 days of Christmas (laughs) and failed miserably. So instead, I'll just say, please rate and review on any podcast platform that supports it. Please share episodes or articles via our website at o3c.games and please consider donating either as a PayPal one-off via o3c.games slash support or via Patreon, because there has now been five full seasons. Brilliant. So for just £4 a month at Patreon.com, support the two of us with our episode on Christmas Day. (laughs) There we go. Ho, ho, hello, and a very Merry Christmas from us two boys here at O3C Games to all of you merry folk listening around your stuffed turkeys. We hope that you are enjoying the festive season, however you are choosing to experience and or celebrate it. We won't keep you long today, as I'm sure you'll be eager to get back to your platters of cheese, meats, berries and presents and flagons (laughs) of beer, wine, mould, mead and orange juice. But we wanted to share our personal Christmas celebrations with each other, with you, as we are opening our doors and our hearts to mine and Chris's video game themed gift exchange. We set each other the gift giving parameters of something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read. A small quartet of gifts for each other that also relate to our shared love of video games. I am so excited and happy. I feel like a kid and pig in a candy shop and shit, respectively. <laughs> Before we begin, Chris, is there anything you want to say on this most hallowed of days? I feel like every year now we conclude by saying, oh, what a year. But a combination of the long tail of COVID, a totally inadequate government, a cost of living crisis, geopolitical conflict, and God knows what else means that it has indeed been a year. Keep it light. But as you mentioned, we have video games hey. and we have each other. Yeah. And I really, really hope that through this show, we've been able to cheer at least a few of you out there up each Monday, even if just for a moment. Today is not a Monday, but it is a Christmas. And I'm very much looking forward to exchanging the gifts as set in the parameters you mentioned on this very special day. So should we skip the crackers and go straight to the presents? Yeah. I mean, it's what it's what we all want to do on Christmas. We're, like, no, I don't think no matter how old you get, you're sat around Christmas lunch being like, why the hell have we not opened the presents yet? Why are we thinking, <laughs> oh, no, we'll do that after lunch. Just admit the fact that you want to open your cool stuff, no matter how old you are. That's what it is mostly about. I mean, my family, we do it slightly differently. We have uh, we open stockings very early in the morning for okay. little odds and sods. We then have kind of an extended breakfast where we normally have uh, a mimosa and a sausage roll. Oh, lovely. And then after that, we will open our gifts. 
before we then have a late lunch for dinner. So it's kind of, it's staggered in a different way. Ah. I'd recommend it. It's been a while since my family, uh, my side of the family, have done like Christmas, proper Christmas presents because we sort of reached a point where we were like, right, it's just expensive to buy everyone something and you probably don't need it. If you do need it, you can probably afford it yourself anyway. So we've just done like Secret Santa around the family. And each year, you know, you get pulled a, a random, just one person to then spend 20 quid is like the the limit there and yeah. and that's really really nice however now that there is another generation of my family coming into the mix with my daughter with my nephew and maybe more at some point i don't know <laughs> I, i'm really excited about sort of coming out of that phase and coming back into let's just spend so much money on so much shit (laughs) now that i've got a little daughter of my own it's just going to be lovely to to spoil her and to see that sense of magic in her eyes on this uh on this special day but hey hey let's see some special in each other's eyes (laughs) something you want something you need something to wear and something to read in an attempt to drum up a bit of a dramatic arc to this episode we're going to do those in reverse order so Chris, yes. would you like to take your something to read present and bust it open? I would. I would. Now, we, I'll try and do this as visually excitingly as possible for anyone watching via Patreon. My something to read looks like a giant Toblerone. Oh. Oh. At the top, it says 100 games. Oh, I've got an idea now. <laughs> this is a scratch-off bucket list. 100 games, and on the back, I don't know if it will reveal that many. Oh, we've got a few on there. You do that whilst I tell you a little bit about why I got you this. Do uh, it, so do I, it. I took the term of something to read, I mean, fairly loosely, but there are a lot of words on it, and it's fairly useless if you don't read it. So this is, yes, it's a big scratch-off poster of the 100 essential video games you have to play. Now, I know that you can probably scratch off about 90% of these already, oh. but I'm setting you the challenge to start from scratch Pretend you haven't played any of these. Replay them over the next 60 years or so. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can enjoy refreshing your memory of them, uh, scratching them off when you have done so. And if you're really up for a challenge, you can try and complete all of them. Oh, boy. I did have a look at some of the games that were on there. Uh, Dark Souls 2 is on there, I did see. <laughs> Won't be finishing that one. Not with that attitude. We've got a good range. Like, I've only unrolled the first couple sort of lines here because I don't want to throw it all over my messy table. But we've got some ancient classics or, or now, you know, modern retro classics like Tomb Raider, Time Crisis 2 that I played just at the arcade club just mm. the other week. Moving up a row, we've got things like San Andreas, GTA, uh, the original Space Invaders, Uncharted 2, Among Thieves. Oh, yeah. So there's a good range on here. Yeah. So like you say, there's probably, if I was going just purely at it in terms of what I've had some experience of, I might have a pretty good hit rate. But... I do like the idea of actually having to start and consider these properly. Yes. And uh, yeah, having a little line review at least about each one as I go and seeing how I get on. Wonderful. Wonderful. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Would you like to open a gift? I'd bloody love to. I'd bloody love to. Chris has got creative with the labels on these. So rather than something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read, it is something you desire, something you require. Something you perspire in and something (laughs) for when you retire to bed, which I think is the something to read. (laughs) Tenuous link. Yes, yes. They're all wrapped in in, in nice non-capitalist brown paper. Eco-friendly. Ooh. 
Oh, oh my goodness me. <laughs> what an absolute find. What this appears to be is an adventure game book based on the classic video game Lemmings. That's correct. The, the Genesis Quest, <laughs> which not only is brilliant because it means I can listen to Genesis whilst the, I'm, I'm, I'm working my way through this. Is this, a, is this like a choose your own adventure book? Yes. Yeah. Like, like we were talking about the other yeah, day. Unbelievable. Yeah. So this popped into my head when I was playing Sunless Sea. I mentioned that it felt to me at least, you know, as a board game heathen, it reminded me of an old adventure game book because that was kind of the point of reference I had for that kind of thing. I'm not a big traditional reader these days and I was struggling to think of like a book or similar that I thought a you'd enjoy mm. or b that was still at least game adjacent and then midway through crashing my little trawler into some eldritch horror <laughs> my my brain made the connection that an adventure game book is still a book and whether its subject matter was directly tied to a game franchise I thought that was still suitably gamey yeah but what luck then Unbelievable. after a little googling I found an adventure game book that I was half expecting you to say you had it as a child and that you used to carry it in dog-eared to Upton Junior School show and tell. I mean... <laughs> it just felt like a very Jonathan Dunn thing to have. Yeah, it absolutely does. Like, seeing the cover... I don't think I did have this, but seeing yeah. it, it feels very familiar. Yeah. And I, mean, I think that's just because it's absolutely spot on. I have no idea if Lemmings translates well to a game book <laughs> format. In fact, I'd assume not, <laughs> given how a Lemmings game is played. <laughs> but I am genuinely excited to find out. I cannot wait. Eagle-eared listeners may recall me using the Genesis Quest as my opening sting a few weeks ago. And if anyone in the world made the connection to this book, rather than a weird amalgamation of the American name for the Sega Mega Drive and one of Jonathan's favourite prog rock bands, <laughs> please do reach out because you'd probably fit in very, very well here. <laughs> Absolutely extraordinary. What can I say? You've raised the bar very high with this one. I'm Consider me incredibly impressed. Good stuff. Something to wear. Yes. Chris. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, we have what looks like a series of socks that are all themed around particular arcade games. So we have a bit of Pong or Shuttlecocks, if you've been playing Arcade Paradise. All my socks Pong already. (laughs) 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 We've got Space Invaders. Oh, yeah. And we have, of course, a Tetris sock. Of course. The most important. Absolutely, of course. So, I mean, I I always think that I'm quite lucky in my self-employment that I can basically wear pretty much whatever I want when I'm working, if that's an Arsenal shirt or, like, a Bloodborne hoodie or a Dark Souls hoodie like I've got on right now or a glow-in-the-dark Animal Crossing T-shirt that I decided to wear to filming uh, a piece at the National Dance Company of Wales for getting that I was going to be filming in incredibly low light for the entire thing. <laughs> so, so you just saw Blather's appalled face just illuminated on my chest, uh, surrounded by tarantulas and scorpions as soon as we started filming. But that means I can basically bring like little pieces of joy with me wherever I go. And I know that's not quite the same when you're a teacher, yeah. uh, because there are certain sort of rules. But I thought socks is like the perfect place for you to stash away a little teaser of something you love. So even if you've got an Ofsted inspection going on <laughs> and you're in a full suit, you can still have some Tetris or Pong socks uh, surreptitiously under your pressed trouser. Absolutely. I mean, I, I often wear an <laughs> undershirt, especially in the winter because it's quite cold. And when I choose my T-shirts in the morning, that basically fulfills that function as well. Like something yeah. that it's like, this is me underneath a shirt that I'm using to cover up me whilst I 
take on the teacher persona for the day. So yes, thank you very much. I, suppose, I mean, any Tetris goods are, are wonderful, but uh, I've got some other representation of some older games as well is lovely too. Very snazzy indeed. What have you got in your parcel as something to perspire in? <laughs> <laughs> some sort of sweating shirt, I imagine. Mm. Mm. Good thing. Oh, that is just incredible. <laughs> what an absolute find. This is a T-shirt with a big old tortoise on it that just says dog. <laughs> and this is in reference to the numerous amount of giant tortoises that appear around the Elden Ring game world. And literally, I mean, every single one has probably got about 500 online user written notes dropped next to them that just say, dog uh, and it's funny every time and this is absolutely wonderful that is what a brilliant find i'm surprised like you well one i don't know whether or not you got far enough into the game in order to find a reference to that yourself i think i did the other thing is i am interminably online <laughs> <laughs> that is true so my opening salvo for this gift was going to be pokemon themed socks that's what i was starting as a baseline Fantastic. but I didn't want to be the basic bitch who gave you, like a relative you only see at Christmas who remembers your boy who probably likes games, <laughs> like a pair of woolens that was like, oh, it's got Pikachu on the heel. <laughs> so I wanted to find something else. So I went delving specifically for Elden Ring related merch. Incredible. And I was at first reasonably confident I could find something that would be emblazoned with a phrase like you laggardly sort across it. Yeah. So that, that was what I was looking for. <laughs> but... When I came across the tortoise dog meme made flesh on a t-shirt, the hunt was over. That's that's yeah, what I wanted. That's it. Like for the time I was playing Elden Ring, one of my favorite bits was the asynchronous messaging system that lets you leave those helpful or sometimes very unhelpful messages anywhere in the world. And what I really liked is that you have to do it from that pool of words or phrases. Yeah. So you have to be quite creative to either be helpful or to kind of make jokes. You know, you have to try. Yeah. And although I didn't put anywhere near the time that you did in the game, that running joke that the community would just label every animal, but starting with the tortoise just as dog, yeah. never stopped making me laugh across the 40 or so hours I played. I genuinely don't know, and please elucidate me if you do, if this meme comes from the outstanding clip in the first Borat film, where he asks, gesturing to a tortoise, what kind of dog is this? Ah. Or if it's just a case of kind of strangely parallel evolution of humour. But either way, yeah. I think it's very funny in either context. It is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hadn't made that connection with Borat, which is weird, because yeah. I know that incredibly well. And yeah, I've never made that link, but yeah. So it, it could be just separate. You know, these things do happen. Yeah, sheep rolling over cattle grids. <laughs> exactly. I am also very happy to gift this shirt for you in size medium, which is... An amazing testament to the incredible resolve <laughs> and dedication you've shown this year to become John a Slim Dunn. And <laughs> you look absolutely amazing. I'm really, really, Aww. like, genuinely proud of you. You've, you've done you. an incredible job. That's very, very, that's very kind indeed. Moving on, something you need. This is a tiny little box. It's got a little rattle to it. I don't know how well the microphone will pick that up. Okay, we have a nondescript box here. Oh, hang on. Okay, inside this, there is what appears to be a USB stick mm -hmm. and a little little message that I will unfold. Okay, this says, Chris's gaming meditation playlist. And what this appears to be is, I would say, a custom mixtape in the modern USB stick era of 10 tracks that you have chosen 
to help get in a good headspace. And I know it's going to be a banger because straight away my eyes are drawn to track three, Aquatic Ambience from Donkey Kong Country. You don't put that on a on a cassette if you can't back it up with nine other great ones. <laughs> so some of the other games we have selection from Breath of the Wild. Octopath Traveler, which I haven't played, but I know you and Minty were big fans of the soundtrack. Donkey Kong Country, as said. The Wind Waker. I know the song from Shining the Holy Ark. Is that the, <laughs> is West Shrine the, the opening stage? No, it's not. No, oh, that's, des- okay. that's, that's, that's Desire Mine, uh, oh. the one that I used to, I used to play on piano yeah. uh, in, yeah. uh, in year seven on the keyboards. <laughs> we then have what I know to be a, a beautiful song, 1am from Animal Crossing New Leaf, mm. a track from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Ori in the Blind Forest, another from Octopath Traveler and Xenoblade Chronicles to finish as well. Mm. I'm very, very excited to put this on and play probably very, very soon when I'm thrust back into doing some schoolwork. Yeah. <laughs> but... That is a, a really lovely, thoughtful, curated musical yeah. <laughs> gift to go along. And I think, as you say, something that I do need. Basically, my thought was like, what does Chris need? Chris needs a break. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, some time to slow down, breathe, chill out. It's music that's, you know, yeah, made up of uh, tracks that I've found particularly soothing or relaxing. I, I wanted it to all come from games that I played yeah, so that yeah. you, so that you know that I've got a connection to it as well. And hopefully that will help sort of give it a bit of an emotional reinforcement. Yeah, it's like um, a, a nice nice arm around me as, I, yeah, as I'm working. That's, that's exactly what I want. Jonathan on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> meditation isn't like uh, the yeah. specific act of meditation is something that isn't for everybody. And people, you know, can, can reach the same end goal of like structured meditation by doing many, many other things, even if it is just to whack on an hour of gentle music whilst you're doing a gentle activity or, or something that, you know, would otherwise be fairly uninspiring. Hopefully it will, it will help elevate it. And uh, yeah, I hope that this will go a little way to help bring you a little more peace and calm into your life in 2023. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need it. I need it. So. Something I require. It is. Something I need. Something you need. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, you're just too wonderful, aren't you? Look at that. This is a framed Game Boy cartridge of the original Jurassic Park, the very first game <laughs> that I ever owned, and uh, officially my hundredth favorite video game of all time it for is. all time. That is beautifully done. Now, this is a gift with a dual meaning because, of course, you need a copy of Jurassic Park on the Game Boy. Like, that much should be very obvious. But more than that, this gift represents the importance for everyone to hold on to the things they find dear, no matter how silly or inconsequential they may seem to others. And Jurassic Park, as you've just said, was the game that capped your revised top 100 games list. And it remained in post as other better games slid clean off the table. I mean, having played the thing for the first time recently, I can confidently say the game, regardless of format, would not earn a place for me on my list. (laughs) But it represents something very particular for you, just as Bomber Raid does for me. And I think that's the thing to hold on to. Because in the whole game's pantheon, there are so many experiences to explore, yet everyone will have these nuggets wrapped in nostalgia and personal context that are just really vitally important external to their quality and more than this being about Jurassic Park at all it's also meant to represent games more broadly and their place in in your life and my life and everyone's life because when I was a younger man there would definitely have been periods of my life where I'd present myself maybe differently because 
you know, you just feel less confident that those around you are going to share the interests of you and the things that you enjoy. Like I've never not played games at any point in my life, but there have definitely been times when I would have hidden how much I enjoyed and played games mm. to try and offer like a slightly censored version of myself. I thought someone else might have wanted when asked, for example, how I spent an evening away from a girlfriend, like years and years back, I might have offered something like a half embarrassed. Oh, I played a game for a little bit. When in reality, I drilled down into the back end of a Game Boy Advance emulator for five hours because Sonic <laughs> Advance didn't quite play right. <laughs> now, for the last decade at least, I've just been brutally honest with, with yeah. anyone I've come across. If someone asked, I'd be like, yeah, I faffed about finding artwork for an emulation library for 12 hours. Or <laughs> I stayed up far too late on a school night because I wanted to watch a live stream of limited run game Switch announcements. <laughs> or I played a game I didn't even enjoy for a full weekend because I am broken in the head. <laughs> now... Jurassic Park here represents that feeling mm. of personal acceptance that I hope everyone reaches at some point in their lives, like to be who you are, you know, to own the person that's Chris or Jonathan or whoever you might be, and to really celebrate the little talismans that make you, you. And Jurassic Park makes you, you. <laughs> and so it's there. That's wonderful. Oh, I love it so much. I love it. Honestly, every <laughs> single time I look at that, it's going to make me smile, no matter Good. what. Good. Gutted, I can't come and give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Through the internet, across the countries. What I can give you is something you want. Now, this one is in a uh, just a nice red envelope. Okay, we have a gaming Santa Christmas card. And inside... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this is... Oh! This is my admit one ticket for my next trip to the arcade club. Yeah. Which... <laughs> is never something I don't want in my life. As I said the other week, I, I would go back the following weekend if yeah. I could have made the trip then. But to know, <laughs> like in my back pocket, that it's not something I even have to, to plan that last stage is a truly wonderful gift. So <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. I sort of weighed it up between that this gift being something you want, but also it is something you need. Yeah. It was difficult for me thinking like something you want. I was like, because you've got, an enormous video games collection you've got all the hardware you want and all of this stuff and i was like that experience you you want that you need that and that's not yeah. something that you can put on your shelf it's not it's not and uh yeah the next one's on me and i'd very much like it if the next one would be with me as well That'd be fantastic i am yet to experience it and uh yeah especially in light of your recent visit and the expansion that you said is, yeah. is happening in in the spring that feels like it's uh the time for me to finally gird my loins and talc my shoes and uh, join you in your pilgrimage to Bury. Yeah, and uh, yeah, let's we'll make a weekend it. of it, record some special episodes of the podcast while we're up there as well, make a proper old time of it. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you very much for my four gifts. Truly lovely things to, to you open. You are so welcome. You are so, so welcome. Something I desire. Something you desire and you do desire this. It's very small. <laughs> it is the, the, the biggest love I have is for very small things like my wife and my daughter. <laughs> Something I want. What is it? Oh! <laughs> now you need to unveil the little packet. Oh my goodness! This is a shiny pseudo Wudo Pokemon card, <laughs> and uh, it's in a pack with some others as well. Hmm. And what, what else are do they? we have here? We have 10 more pseudo-widows. <laughs> <laughs> so, something you want. 
as you've just established, it is 10 pseudo-widow Pokemon cards. 10 pseudo-widow Pokemon cards. One is shiny, nine are not. You might not have even realised you wanted them, but deep in your heart, you've always <laughs> wanted them. You were, you were born wanting them. If anything, you probably want more of them. Look on eBay now. Go on. How, how many could you buy if you just it. hoovered the site's entire stock? Stop it. Maybe, Stop it. Maybe there's a local game or collectible shop in Cardiff <laughs> where you could acquire more. Probably. At what stage would you become more pseudo-widow card than man? That's a very good point. <laughs> As a disclaimer, pseudo-widow, when the fun stops, stop. <laughs> <laughs> this shiny pseudo-widow card. Given that, that was the first one out of the pack, this has the honour of being the very first Pokemon card that I've ever owned. Did you never own them as a as a kid? I, I never I never opened that door because I knew that I would do nothing else for the rest yeah. of my life but collect yeah. them. What we have here is a beautifully wrapped slippery slope. <laughs> 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 I'll very happily leave it at Pseudo Woodo. Yes. Because that's what we life begins and ends with Pseudo Woodo. I think so. Absolutely extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. Well, thank you so much for my gifts as well. Absolutely lovely. Absolutely lovely, wonderful, heartfelt. And uh, I love you very much. I love you too. Before we go, what are you going to be playing over the festive period? Oh, I've got a couple options for Christmas. I did get a copy of Sonic Frontiers during Black Friday. Ah. Because it went down to like 25 quid for the PlayStation 5 edition. And I've been interested to check it out. I feel pretty confident it's going to be shit. But it's <laughs> not stopped me before, and I may be surprised. Maybe, yeah, yeah. The other game, and one far more likely because it's more in my regular wheelhouse. I've started playing the old Dreamcast Racer, Tokyo Extreme Racer again. Okay, but this time I found out that via emulation I can play it in perfect widescreen Ooh. when it never supported that before, with all manner of other visual tweaks nice. and. I find it generally such a relaxing game because you're just racing the same loop of highway challenging rival cars to little spot races that already in between other stuff this week, I've played it for four hours <laughs> Yeah, and I'm really tempted to try and grind out the whole thing to actually finish it properly for Christmas as a nice little wind down treat. It's quite a long game. There's an awful lot of cars to challenge on that little bit of highway, but it's something I've always wanted to do and I've just never committed to fully. So maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll play Sonic. Maybe I'll find some other garbage that no one cares about. <laughs> Almost certainly. Almost certainly. What about you? What's on the docket? Well, I've actually just finished my second playthrough of Pokemon Violet. Uh, oh, and I've, I've mad man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I got the Violet Legendary to trade over to my, my main file. Yeah. And then I, I picked up Mario and Rabbids to finally play. Good? Uh, yeah, really, really, really good. I mean, like, they've really expanded the system, the gameplay and the mechanics yeah. and everything by several layers. So I know that it's it's a deep game. It's a big game. It's so beautifully made as well. Like, I mean, obviously it helped that I played it after playing Pokemon Violet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We remarked about the first Mario and Rabbids game that it was extremely polished for, you know, essentially oh, yeah, a third-party game. It was incredible. It has the polish of a Nintendo first-party game. However, unfortunately, my playing of that has been totally usurped by a new roguelike bullet hell game that came out in October. And a couple of guys on the Patreon, including Minty, uh, were talking about a game called Vampire Survivors. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And it's free on phones. You can watch ads to double your rewards at the end of a run, or you can just not pay into it at all and just play it as normal. But I, I already had it in my Steam library, I think, for some reason or other. And it's only about three quid on Steam. Yeah, yeah. And it cheap. is 
so addictive. It's simultaneously incredibly minimalist and also incredibly maximalist yeah. because it's very basic in terms of its presentation. It's very simple, almost like, to be honest, like eight bit sprites almost. Yeah. And very basic an- animations. You spawn into a, a, a very, very large map. Waves of enemies come at you. If you kill them, you get a little bit of experience. When you level up, you get to sort of unlock a new skill, and then you can level up those skills. The and then more enemies appear, and and on and on and on and on until you you die. It's just brilliant. <laughs> it's incredibly well balanced. It's really clear and easy to see what you're doing. It doesn't take long before you start to get a bit of a strategy going when you realize like, oh, actually this item is going to work better with this character that I'm playing and maybe that can synergize with this. And uh, the game is just, it's just, it's so simply made and so simply presented as well. But it, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's so much fun. I mean, it's got that one more run. Yeah. thing to it it's got roguelite elements to it as well so you can upgrade things uh, as you go to make you know future runs easier and you unlock harder and harder stages that then unlock more things and then do this there's even been a bit of dlc that's been released for it now with a whole bunch of new characters and stages and items and stuff like that and i mean it, it's got to be the best value for money you can get especially if you get it for free on yeah. your phone i think that's it's going to end up being all i play <laughs> The only thing I've seen really about that game is a lot of people talking about it saying this is good. But the bit I found most notable is that obviously when indie developers release anything, you've either got to go the route of saying, okay, my my game is worth 15, 20 quid and I'm expecting 100 people to buy it at that price or my game is worth a pound and I'd like a thousand people to buy it at that price to kind of make the same same amount. And it seems like they went the the cheap route and so far... From everything I've read, they are doing quite well for themselves off the back of that, which is very admirable. It's a good example of like their reach not exceeding their grasp in the way that we've seen so many developers f- fall uh, trying to do too much in too little time yeah. on too little budget and really making a bit of a mess of it. They've just gone, no, let's let's do this right. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm looking forward to playing more of it later. I did make a start on the Witcher 3 PS5 version yes. and it looks and plays beautifully and i also remembered that it's got cross save functionality between everything i could be wrong but i think i can even put my switch save onto my pc save on my steam deck onto my ps5 save and i can basically then forget the switch version yeah. carry on that save file when i'm at home play it on my playstation 5 uh, or just have it on the go on the steam deck well. and that's that's pretty dangerous yeah, that's a lot of that's pretty dangerous. A lot of witching, a lot of witcher witching, a lot of witching. <laughs> so there we go. That was our gift giving and glad tidings special. I hope some of our heartfelt and emotional joy has found its way to you during this Christmas time, and we sincerely hope that whatever you're doing, whoever you're with, you will find time and space to experience a small sliver of joy, peace, kindness, and goodwill. If you want to wish us a Merry Christmas, you can do so on social media. We are at O3C Games on everything or individually. I'm on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn. And I am at Chaz underscore Hodges. Please do join us next week on New Year's Day for our second seasonal special. <laughs> in a bloody seasonal Sean Connery special. <laughs> As we wrap up the year that has been 2022, we're going to be sharing our highlights, our foresights for 2023, and a change to the initial schedule that I announced last week. I think we're going to save our Game of the Year award special for a whole episode of itself because we've just got, we've got, there's just too many games to talk about. There's too many games to talk about. And quite honestly, I respect your time. 
I don't, but I'm not the editor. <laughs> <laughs> so, next week, highlights of 2022. We've got so much to talk about there. It's been a big year. It's been a big bloody year. And the week after that, game of the year. Oh my God, it's going to be a fucking corker. Pop. <laughs> Sequelcast 2 and Friends looks at movies and video games and franchises one movie and game at a time. Hosted by Matt Bradley Shurgy, Thrasher, and Alex Miller, been going since 2009, and we're part of the HyperX Podcast Network. The award-winning Go Nintendo podcast is the best place to get the latest news on the world of Nintendo. We cover the biggest stories, share impressions of the latest games, and answer your burning questions. There's also some general pop culture talk, game music trivia, a heaping helping of silliness, and did I mention our robot companion? I'm the star of the show. Catch new episodes of the Go Nintendo podcast every Saturday on the HyperX Podcast Network.